Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Once a Bitten podcast. And joining me today, you guys know I'm a sucker for a pleb show, but I'm an even bigger sucker for a boomer pleb show. Yes, they are out there. And yes, they are stacking and they're doing their utmost to try and um, orange pill as many of their friends and family and age group and generation as possible. And for Bitcoin Kenny to step up and come on the show and talk about this, I thank you, brother. I thank you so much. Before we get into this recording, I would like to say... Get control of your coins, people. Oh my God, we've just been through the biggest manipulative shakeout, especially that you new coiners have ever seen. So please, red flag, get that shit off the apps and off the exchanges and put them in a hardware wallet. Bitbox02, Bitcoin only edition. My God, shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. Get them off the exchange, then you won't ever feel pressured to sell out of them. Just get them safe, forget about them, lock them up, take the keys, take the words, put it on the micro SD card, hide it. Somewhere you'll find it again. You know what I'm saying. It's important. Please do that. And you can stack in the UK with coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. You can stack all around Europe with Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten. And in the US, hello boys and girls across the pond. Go and make an account with swanbitcoin.com forward slash Bitten. Simple. Here's Kenny. It's not too high, too low? No, we can hear you. We can hear you. Kenny boy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Daniel. It's an uh, honor to be here. And uh, Lauren is here to ask you the first question. Uh, okay. Whilst I sit back and, and sip my beer, I will just hand over the reins to Lauren. Okay. Nice to meet you, Lauren. Nice to meet you, too. Okay, so my question is, why did you reach out to my dad? Well, interestingly, um, your dad actually DM'd me. Uh, I think uh, regarding um, the fact that I'm a boomer and so forth. And I, I know uh, I follow your dad on Twitter and and I've responded to some of his tweets. He might have liked some of mine. So uh, then uh, he he said, hey, when are you going to do my show? And I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm there. You just tell me when. So there you go. Now you know the story. Hmm. Do you have any uh, other questions? Mm, yeah. When did you find Bitcoin? Ah, good question. I knew we were going to get to that. So it's interesting. Uh, I, I almost think of it as if Bitcoin found me. Uh, but um, the interesting thing is 
so it was last year, but actually my one year anniversary of buying my first Bitcoin is next Monday. So it was May of last year. Okay. All right. Mm. Well, we will get on with the interview. Thanks for your questions. No problem. Nice to talk to you, Lauren. Bye. Nice to talk to you too, Barry. Well, it's nice to uh, it's nice to share share a beer with you, Kenny. Yes. It's not often that uh, it's yeah, happy anniversary. She said. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's happy hour. Well, that's great. Yeah, usually uh, the guys in the states, uh, there it's a little bit too early in the day for them to to join on the show with a beer. But um, yeah. I do remember now as well. Uh, you you referenced um, Bubba. You, you'd been on Bubba's yes. show and you guys had ripped. So that was, yes. uh, I'm sure that was good fun. Well, it's interesting because I first, because I, I do listen to your podcast regularly and I heard Bubba on your podcast and I was thinking, wow, this guy is like about my age. We've had some similar experiences. I'm going to reach out to this guy. But before I did, he DM'd me and and said hey why don't you be on my podcast so yeah so uh i know bubba <laughs> so for, give the listeners then a little bit of background about yourself uh you know your kind of where you're at in life and and um your thoughts now around bitcoin and what brought you here sure sure so well i'm actually near retirement um actually about next year. Now, when I say retirement, meaning retiring from what I'm doing now, meaning then do whatever I want, which doesn't mean I wouldn't necessarily work again. Um, so I'm at that age and my what, what I do professionally, basically I work in corporate risk management. I mean, it's kind of a vague, but um, so I, I've always uh, kind of had a risk management type of thought process in terms of how I'm wired and what uh, I've always, you know, always been good with, with money investing and always very aggressive, especially when I was younger in my investing. And I got concerned, I want to say about three years ago when I, you know, before that point in time, you know, I really never even looked at my, you know, my retirement fund, um, you know, during the great financial crisis, I don't even think I paid attention. I, I was busy doing other things and it probably dropped by half, but I, you know, I was in for the long run. So, uh, I wasn't concerned. I mean, at that point, I, I don't think I even knew what a bond fund was. It was all equities, but then about three years ago, I got concerned. I could, well, I got concerned because my retirement fund had done very well and I realized that where I am, I don't want to see it get cut in half. So I got really conservative and I moved, moved most of it into bonds. And, you know, I was basically evaluating the pros and cons. Um, okay. If I get conservative, I could miss a big run up. Um, and, but I'd rather that risk that than, than seeing a big drop or, you know, and I, we all learn. And I think if, you know, we all can say, you know, I wish I knew what I know now three years ago or, or what have you. But um, I, I was of the mindset, you know, everything isn't this great. Why is the stock market just going crazy? It's going to at some point it's 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 going to correct. And I don't want to 
you know, I want to be positioned. So fast forward to COVID and sure enough, you know, we had COVID and then I thought, well, I, I did. Okay. I, I, I didn't time it perfectly, but this is where I'm going to benefit because when the market just, you know, just crashes and then I'll get back in. Of course, what I didn't realize was the good old uh, Federal Reserve coming in and bailing everybody out, which I've always had a problem with is these bailouts and just the government really not letting market forces take place. And I, I got concerned because something that I always kind of thought was like a, what I would call an anchor, you know, when, when you make assumptions about risk, you kind of have an anchor, say, okay, this is, this is the anchor around which you've got a lot of variability. And then I just, I really felt like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to put my money here or there. And then, you know, we're all locked out. We're all locked in. I'm sorry. And of course, you know, on the weekends, nowhere to go. So I was watching a lot of uh, Netflix. Do you have Netflix in the UK? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So watching a lot of Netflix and I'm a big fan of, of, you know, financial move, you know, wall street movies and such and, and documentaries. And of course, you know, Netflix sees what, you know, they've got their little algorithms that say, Oh, you like this here, watch this. And I think it was out. I'm pretty sure it was Netflix. And then it, there was a Bitcoin documentary and it was enough to make me say, well, well, sure, I'm going to at least buy some while I learn about it. And then as I, I just learned, I mean, so I basically, you know, fell into the rabbit hole. And I think I'm someone who, uh, in terms of looking at risk management, doesn't go to extremes to say, oh, okay, you know, this is, you know, one or the other. But, um, you know, being prepared for various scenarios and so I, I, and of course, I, you know, I went on Coinbase because I wanted to, I had no idea who these exchanges were. I didn't know if there was any that, you know, some of these were fakes. So I did a lot of research on, and, and Coinbase came up. So that's how I started, like a lot of people. And then, of course, as I, as I, it just get, became more fascinating the more I learned. Um, also it became more entertaining and just, I just couldn't soak up enough, uh, content. And then of course I heard about, oh, you know, you realize that you, you have money, you have uh, Bitcoin on an exchange. That's not really your Bitcoin. I said, oh, good point. Then I learned about, you know, got my hardware wallet. So yeah. And it's been, uh, and, and what happened is I was just put, you know, basically extra money that was in the bank earning no interest and, and just putting that in there. And I, I, my plan was always to just dollar cost average. And then it would drop and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to wait to, you know, I would, let's say buy every Saturday. Say, well, okay, it's dropped. I really want to buy now. So in, in my mind, I had what's what I call the accelerated DCA, which means, okay, I'm going to borrow next week's money I mean, allocation, and I'm just going to, so that was my strategy. And then I did get to a point where, no, I'm going to buy more. And I would like check every hour. If it went down, I bought more. And then, you know, I, I looked for other sources that we have, um, some of it in, in like, uh, other accounts. And, and so, uh, that's what I, I what I've done. And, um, yeah, here we are.
<laughs> that was a rapid descent into the rabbit hole. <laughs> wow. So did you remember the name of the documentary uh, offhand? I, oh, gosh. I, and, and I'm trying to, you know, I, I think it was Netflix. It might have been YouTube. Oh, um, there was a couple. Well, since then, I've probably watched a lot of them. Um, I, it might have been called Banking on Bitcoin. Um, one of my favorites, if you've ever seen it, is The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin, uh, which I thought was a really good movie. And it it, it was uh, basically a miner. Now, this movie was pretty old. I think Bitcoin was around, you know, $100. In, but it was a story of a miner, a young guy who was, who's, um, you know, uh, a technical, he was, he, he basically was mining in his basement and it, it just blew my mind when he's talking about how many Bitcoin he had. And, you know, I, I, I wonder where he is now. Hopefully he's doing very well. So, but it was really kind of a nice story. So, um, before we delve deeper into, into all of this, I'd love to ask you about your your fiat world job, your, your day-to-day. Yeah. Obviously, you've had a very long career. Yeah. Um, and corporate risk management is is a very interesting topic. So could you kind of paint the picture as to what your day job is, what that entails? And Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, basically, um, you know, I my background, I do have – background in mathematics, statistics, and economics. And, and interestingly, I, I'd never got into the, the, the finance field, although it's at times I've always thought that was pretty interesting. But so cor- the way to look at corporate risk management is, and, and when, you know, we usually think of risk management, we're talking about, you know, alloc- you know, investments and so forth, but it can come in a lot of forms. Um, so basically, I think that the big takeaway of corporate risk management isn't necessarily coming up with a number saying, you know, you need to have um, this much extra capital because of your risk profile, although that that's what's done. The, the big benefit of risk management is, is just an exercise of really thinking, well, what are our risks? Because, you know, typically companies, well, and, and, and individuals, we don't really lay out all the risks that, that, are, that are there. Um, and it's really more like you identify the risks and then you decide, okay, um, is this a risk that we, um, you know, do we have protections for? Uh, if not, should we uh, do something? Um, and or, um, or do we just f- feel like, you know, that's within our risk tolerance? So if, you know, I could give a good example uh, well, a good example to illustrate the point, although it may not be very common. Let's say you you're, uh, run, run a uh, chain of restaurants in 2018 in Chicago. And let's say you hired me to do kind of a risk profile. Now, the reason it's not common is usually this is done by big you know, corporations. I mean, you know, restaurant owners don't probably don't have the, you know, don't want to spend the money on something like this, but um, it's a good example um, to illustrate. So I say to you, okay, so, uh, you know, what do you think your risks are? And, and there may be, you know, things like, um, 
you know, uh, competition and so forth, uh, you know, normal things. Um, but typically, you know, it would be kind of putting together a list. So obviously one of them would be, you know, what if you, what if you get sued? Okay. So do you have legal protection? What if your restaurant burns down? Do you have insurance for that? And that sort of thing. And then, then you, you also get into, well, what are the good things about your business and how is that at risk? So I, I could say to you, uh, so Daniel, what's, wh what's the great thing about your restaurant? You might say, well, it's because I'm a genius. Um, and say, well, do you have life insurance? And you might say, well, you know, it's in both my wife and my name. So I said, okay, so why, why is it really successful? Well, let's say uh, I have, I've got the best chef in Chicago. He comes from France. Um, well, okay, how much do you pay him? And uh, what's the risk of um, that he uh, goes and joins a competitor? And how much would it cost you to have to go fly to France to find another chef of his caliber? Just things like that. Now, up to this point, you know, you're talking about a lot of variability within an anchor. And an anchor in this case would be, well, we know the sun's going to come up tomorrow. That's an anchor. Maybe um, at this point, maybe an anchor is that the government's not going to shut you down for a year. But then that's where you get into, okay, what if, what, if the, what if there's a pandemic, let's say, and the government shuts you down? Um, how could you, do you have enough capital to last a year uh, under a scenario where you're either completely shut down or, or let's say your, your business is cut in half? And, and then it's, you know, typically the answer would be probably no. <laughs> no, I don't have a million dollars hanging around. So then it's, well, what are the, what's the probability and um, do you, um, it, it, does it make sense to, to at least shore up, you know, your, your reserves, uh, you know, in that case? And, and in some cases, uh, some folks might say, you know what, I'm just going to take that risk. I, I, that's not going to happen. That, I, I'm willing to, uh, to take that risk. And others might, but it kind of, it, it, it kind of quantifies that, you know, ideally a business has extra capital. Unfortunately, that's probably not the case in a, in, in a lot of situations, as you probably know. I mean, I, uh, I think most, especially small businesses and restaurants, which have been devastated in, in the U.S., unfortunately, usually are operating just on the, mar I mean, just day to day. So, but ideally would have margin. And so, this would be an opportunity to kind of quantify how under or over reserving you are. Now, I gave the example of a restaurant because that's kind of easy and it you know fits into the what's happened with COVID. But you know, typically be a large corporation, and a lot of the risk would be you know reputation risk, um, cyber cyber attack risk. Right? We've seen all about that. Um, investment risk, sure, but. I, you know, typically that's not the biggest risk, but, um, it, it's so, so the, the point is 
you know, you, you just try, at, at least you try to recognize risk. And the other thing about risk management, I think, you know, people who don't really look at, look at it from that, that frame, people always, well, a lot of folks look at risk as a bad thing. They, they interpret, is that risky? Well, that's bad. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> risk can also be an opportunity. Um, and, you know, the way I, I like to think about it is, I mean, I, I kind of think there's three types of people. There's people who don't even consider risk, so those are like daredevils. There are people who are very risk-averse. And again, they, they see every, everything that could go wrong as a risk. And then there's people who look at, look at the possibilities, both good and bad, and, and, and to the best of their ability, try to quantify, you know, put a probability in, until they're comfortable. Um, you know, one of the, I think it was Robert Breedlove had, uh, one of his podcasts he mentioned about uh, time and space and how every moment we, we are in a position where, you know, and, and using like money as an example, where we were invested in various assets, every minute we're exposed, you know, to, you know, whether, you know, stocks and Bitcoin and bonds and, and ideally we, we have infinite number of decisions we could make at any point in time. The, the one thing that people never think about is one of those decisions and risk is not doing anything. And some people don't see that. They, they think, well, I'm, I could either take these risks or do nothing, and that's not risky. But there's just as much risk. Now, that risk could just be opportunity costs. Maybe you don't make as much as you could have. But if you, I mean, there really is no difference between when, you know, earning $10 um, and losing $10. Well, there's no difference between making $10 if you could have made $20 and losing $10. It's the same, but a lot people don't typically think that way. They, they always think of losing as, as more catastrophic than, than gaining. Even if you're, you may be gaining, but you, you forego an opportunity to gain more. And I, and I think a lot of that is also, you know, when people look at everything in, in currencies, right? Like, we, you know, um, you look at things in the pound, I look at things in the dollar and say, oh, I've, I've earned, I got a raise. I, I earned 3% more than last year. Okay, but have you really gained? So that's just kind of some background on, on that. Yeah, it's a really deep psychological thing. I mean, I think most people would probably agree that uh, they would be, far more upset at losing or misplacing $10 than they would be happy that they won a hundred. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, and again, you know, that, that point that you made or Robert made who um, it's been made several times before, you know, if, if you, if you decide that you're not going to invest in the stock market or Bitcoin or whatever, you know, that that's an investment decision. Right? Yes. Yes. So, and well, and also it said that if you, you know, so I have my Bitcoin, if I don't sell my Bitcoin, which I, I've never sold Bitcoin actually, and I don't plan to sell, but by not selling it, essentially you're rebuying it. 
right? And you're making a decision to buy it all over again because you could just sell it and then buy. So it's the same thing. You're if you're if you're a hodler, you're essentially buying it on the way up. That that's another way to think about it. So once you've seen Bitcoin and you you've seen the documentary and uh, you've read an article or listened to a podcast and. You know, you're trying to figure out your investment theses yeah. and you go in and you dollar cost average and then you you're like well fuck that i want to buy as much as i can yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and i felt i think i i i kind of got spoiled i kind of got in at the right time you know since may i mean have we really had a big correction i mean what's going on now the the elon uh candle or whatever i mean is that really is that a big thing? I mean, it's since I've bought, been buying, I've actually regretted dollar cost averaging because at the end of the day, I should have just market bought it. I just put should have just bought everything right away when it was $8,000. But, you know, you can't think that way. You have to have a plan and stick to it. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some of those people that, um, you know, they might have started buying in January. And if they'd have gone all in, they'd have missed that correction down to $4,000. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess I'm a newbie, but I think I've front run some some pretty impressive people like Michael Saylor, (laughs) right? He came in after me. Yes. Uh, Dave Portnoy twice. Exactly. He's he's finally in there. He's finally in there. Yeah. So um, what's, um, what's been... Like since you've kind of interacted with this, this is one one thing that fascinates all of us in the space. That you know, you you've got God knows how many decades of experience under your belt with your job and your clients and you, you know the, the companies and the firms that you work for. Along comes Bitcoin, and it's probably shattered some, if not many, if not all of your beliefs of the legacy business system that you've been entrenched in. What's been the biggest thing that you've had to kind of challenge mentally? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, in terms of fiat, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really risk management is essentially insurance protection. It's very valuable and it provides a resource. But I, in a sense that I can't look at a dollar the same way ever again is definitely true. I certainly have a different view of the banks, my own bank. Um which is interesting because I, you know, we, we talk about the banks or we talk about government, but really when I, these are institutions and that doesn't, you know, the people that work in the banks or in the institutions, they might, they may be thinking the same as we do. They're just doing a job. So one thing I will say is I've found this space to be so fascinating and you know, I mean, I'm a boomer, so I, I, I'm not. You know, it's not like uh, something I can participate in. You know, for you know the next. Well, well, who knows? Depends how long I live. But um, I, I, I see this as the future, and it's just exciting. Um, you know, not only Bitcoin, but the whole like DeFi space. Now, I don't know how. Some, I'm still grappling, like, how, what's the definition of DeFi? I kind of use a broad term, which is just the fact that it's going to kind of replace the fractional reserve lending platform, 
which gives you another reason why Bitcoin can be so valuable is, is um, you know, I don't want to buy anything with my Bitcoin. I mean, if I ever need it, I, I suppose I, I'd sell some for fiat, but um, just the whole new financial system and I just find it so fascinating. I, I'm kind of jealous of young, you know, young folks who are able to get into that as a career. And <clears throat> while I'm going to be technically retired, I I probably will be working, and it could be in kind of what I'm doing now. But I kind of would. I, I, I think I'd really enjoy somehow getting into this space. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not young anymore, but I mean, I can handle a spreadsheet and, uh, I can, uh, um, you know, I can probably even learn some programming. I did a little bit in my day and, or, or maybe, you know, get a job in a mailroom. Who knows if they have mailrooms anymore, <laughs> but I really, I want to get, I, I do want to get more involved and, uh, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm still in my fiat job, but, you know, I want to get involved with like meetups and uh, I, that's been on my list, like here in Chicago. So anybody from Chicago who's listening, if there's, you have meetup information, I'd be interested. And, and yeah, maybe even, um, I guess if I, if I am doing it long enough, maybe I'm qualified to, to teach, uh, you know, one of, I, I, I was thinking that I may want to go through that Sailor Academy. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, from what I understand, you can actually get a degree from there or, or something. So I might, I might want to do that. So, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. You must have a pretty good scene in Chicago. You've got Jack over there with Lightning. I've had a few yeah. guys on the show from yeah. Chicago. Brendan Lane, he's, he's working with Oh, Swan. okay. Uh, okay. I had the... Um, I had uh, David, who's the uh, the drummer in the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. He's he, oh, he was on the okay. other day, so he he's about your age. So they're there. I haven't. I mean, I haven't really at this point. I've been, you know, I haven't. I guess pursued it. Um, I've been keeping myself busy with a lot of other things, but I I think I, I I'm. These were all things I said. Yeah, when I retire, I'll do this. But I'm I'm really kind of anxious to to really network and, and yeah, even, uh, and get involved more. I'll put you in touch with, um, with those, with a couple of those guys that I just oh, okay. uh, mentioned, and then you be able to meet up and start a, um, a little, uh, event or something going on over there. And there was recently an announcement out of Illinois, um, that they're going to be going full on crypto friendly. I did not hear that. Is that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, was that yeah, that I'll must have been? Oh yeah, I mean I've heard about Kentucky. You had the mayor. You had the mayor on. Is that right? Um, um, from Jackson, Tennessee. Yes, yeah. And then of course you know Miami yeah. and then Wyoming and and I think that's great. I the other thing that just fascinates me is the whole game theory aspect of and how it's playing out in real time and how you've got you know, opposing forces and, and, but, but things change and, you know, people talk about, oh, the government's going to ban it. Um, well, first of all, a lot of the people in the government who want to ban it are, are not going to be around 
too much longer, maybe. Um, at least not in the future when we, you know, the real future, you know, decades from now. And the other thing is as Bitcoin and the infrastructure grows and the influence grows, uh, I mean, that's what drives governments. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure someone in the government, you know, the government can see Bitcoin as a threat, not that they can do anything about it. And I think that they probably realize that. They can make it difficult, but that doesn't mean the people within the government aren't also stacking, right? And um, so I, I think it, what's been going on, you know, with all this FUD is, I think it just proves how Bitcoin has just got this great immune system that just gets stronger and stronger. And it's going to take its little lumps, you know, and, but it's, it just, it, it's just really fascinating. And, and I'm not, I'm not smart enough to understand all the technical complexities. I, I just know it's just, I, I rely on, on, on people that I hear talk about it that it's just um it's just incredible technology i'm interested to know what your friends and family colleagues wife brothers sisters think of all this when you get talking about yeah. it because that you know for, in your peer group yeah risk tolerance is going to be low right as as you were talking about earlier you didn't want to lose 50 percent of your net worth in a market crash but then here you are Mr. They've known you probably your whole life, their whole lives as Mr. Risk yeah. Manager. And now he's piling into Bitcoin. I mean, what's yeah. has he lost his marbles? What's going um, on? They, yeah, they would probably think that. I, I now I in my in my professional life, I, I don't necessarily share that. Um and I think my answer to that is well. I don't have, you know, I don't have everything in Bitcoin for a couple of reasons. One is most of my retirement uh, fund is, is actually in like a tax from, from my, you know, company. It's in like a tax deferred uh, uh, fund. And, you know, it includes, you know, contributions from the company. So it's, it's just, it makes no sense um, to somehow, you know, raid that. And the other reason is, while, you know, some might say, oh, you know, it should be 100% Bitcoin. But um, if, if Bitcoin does what I think it's going to do, I'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I've got enough that, you know, uh, maybe I could say, although, although I think it's true, I've heard the statement, you really never have enough Bitcoin. And that's probably true. But um, so as far as, okay, I'm now I've gone off my rocker here. I'm, I'm a risk manager and I'm jumping. Well, I think it's part of that. And I think that people who dismiss it aren't really risk managers. They, they, they don't, they think they are, but they, they, they fall in that category of people who think of risk. Oh, it's a bad, oh, it's, um, oh, it's volatile. Um, well, I'm not buying Bitcoin today to buy dinner next week, you know, and I'm not a trader. And if I was a trader, it, volatility is a good thing, right? <laughs> so I, I've never understood the volatility, the speculation, you know, you, and I've been watching the news today about, you know, and the people on the news, they did, well, you know, Elon's right. It's, 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 
takes its bad energy and, and no, um, you know, no real objectivity. So it's kind of, um, I think part of risk management, like I, I mentioned is not that you necessarily avoid something, but you, you, you can take the risk. Um, I think it's important with Bitcoin that you really understand and are convict, you know, have a conviction to it. Cause I, I've heard people like I have orange pilled a few people and they don't really know a lot about it. They just said, well, I'll buy it. Cause you told me to buy it and I trust you. And I said, well, I don't know about that because I think when, if, if we go through a 50% correction, it helps if you have, you, you're comfortable cause you know how it works and, and, and the potential of it more than because, you know, Ken told me <laughs> to buy it. So, but I think for me, I, I've, I've, I'm understanding the risk I'm taking. I also under, I, I also plot out scenarios. I, I've even said, what if it goes to zero? Um, that would really suck, but I'm prepared for that too. Now, I put very, very low probability of it even coming close to that. In fact, if it gets to zero, once it gets to one cent, I'm buying all of it. So, and then I'll own all the podcasts, <laughs> you know, I know and I, but I, but I think someone will beat me to it. So that my point is I, I just see, especially just the adoption component and, you know, people who say there's no intrinsic value, again, they're looking at a different, through a different lens. The legacy lens. Yeah. It's just so difficult for them to take those glasses off and look at it objectively. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, whenever I hear that intrinsic, the, okay, there's no intrinsic value. So my argument is, well, we all know that information is valuable. And in a sense, Bitcoin is information that you have, nobody else has where you can store value in time and place and move it in time or place. You can cross a border of armed guards and you don't have to have your own armed guards. Now, to me, that's pretty damn intrinsic. There's a, there's a good article, big shout out for Al's lacrosse. He did an article oh, yeah. about uh, uh, intrinsic value and um, he's got a great mind. Al, if you're listening, um, you know, thanks for, thanks for your work and everything you're doing. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with Al. Yeah, I, yeah, I follow he's him. He's great. He's great. Uh, I I noticed you you didn't come to Bitcoin Twitter until late 2020, like September 2020. Yeah. yeah. What the hell did you think when you started? So what? First of all, what made what made you sign up for a Twitter yeah. account in September 2020, and what kind of dragged you into like the Bitcoin playground? Yeah, good question. So, um, well, you know, again, I'm a boomer, so I. I, I I mean, up to, you know, I'd never really had a, a reason for Twitter, me personally. But when I did go down the rabbit hole, and of course I would listen, I was typically listening, to, you know, going on YouTube or podcasts. And then, you know, at the end, of course, the, the podcaster said, okay, where can we find out more about you? And everybody's giving their Twitter addresses. And so I said, you know, I, I should go on Twitter just to follow these folks. And I had, I really at that time didn't really, think I had anything to contribute. I just wanted to be make sure, well, I found it, I, I just couldn't get enough content. So it wasn't enough for me to go and I had to get on Twitter. 
And uh, what did I think? I, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, this, the Bitcoin community is it kind of fits me and my personality probably more than my normie business life, to be honest. Um, I, and I think you have to take everything, you know, with a little grain of salt, especially if you're, you're getting insulted, <laughs> you know? Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I, and, and f- so now that's another thing I, I, another habit I have that I, I can't break. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a, lot, a few of your last tweets and you're, you're straight in there. It's like at times like this, I do one thing, BTFD. Yeah. Uh, Ten years from now, they will talk about the Elon crash, but we will need to have super magnifying glasses to see it in the chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, my unborn grandkids don't give a fuck about this dip. I mean, this is this is toxic <laughs> stuff. I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I try just try to be creative and... Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it's been fun, and and even I mean, like, do I wish? You know, well, first of all, I I if if things go right, I don't think I don't plan ever spending my Bitcoin. I I plan to leave it to my grandkids. Um, but you know, yeah. So I I really should I really care where it is today or 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 next year probably to that extent not but i do want to you know i think we all want to see validation of the price going up and um you know i i think i share the sentiment of of surfer jim i'm sure you've seen uh and and he was on a podcast and he was you know talking about shit coins and basically saying you know the 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 problem is people are putting all these resources and all this other garbage that's that's slowing down you know, the, the sound money, the need world, the world needs. And, um, so, you know, you can see that point of view that maybe, maybe it, it could be further along, but on the other hand, the way I see it is it's going to get where it needs to get. And along the way, it's going to take some slings and arrows and, but it's going to come out stronger for that. It's, yeah, it's a good point that you make. You know, the the, the validation point. Um, you know, on one hand, there's the meme: "Stay humble, stack sats." You know, don't don't gloat and, and whatever else. And of course, that's that's a huge a huge part of it. But at the same time, the amount of headwind we've had to sail through, uh, push our way through, has just been so strong. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's beyond a headwind, right? It's just like a freaking the worst storm you've ever yeah. encountered. Um, but then, you know, you, you get to that point now where you have a dip like this and Twitter will light up and all the F heads and whoever else, can, and like Rubinis and Telebs and <laughs> these other kind of yeah. dinosaurs will come out of nowhere. Like, see, told you. Yeah. I absolutely told you guys. Yeah. What, what were you thinking? And the whole time, everyone's just like, oh my God. We, We've already won. It's done. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what battle you're still fighting. Yeah, it's I, over. Yeah, I mean, I have a thought on on you know the the Ruby Ruby. I'm probably yep. mispronouncing the name and all these economists and professors. Um, I I think my theory is a couple things. One is, and and even you can throw uh, Warren Buffett in it. First of all, these are probably wealthy people. They don't need it. They're already wealthy. 
In fact, in the, you know, their, their fiat can probably debase uh, and they're probably still wealthy. So they don't need it. Um, and the other thing is, I think it kind of is, you know, they're, when you get there, you get older, you want to believe that you're, you're important or you've been important. And, and, and Bitcoin kind of flies in the face of all the, you know, supposedly they, they're experts on how to navigate through life financially. And then here these punks come around and huddle Bitcoin. <laughs> so I think there's that part of it too. And, um, and I always found it interesting because there's a lot of asset classes I don't have any interest in. Like, I mean, I'm not interested in silver or gold, but I don't troll gold Twitter waiting for gold to dump so I can, you know, so I can uh, troll them. I mean, it's almost like they want people to fail. I mean, I can understand, okay, that's not something I'm interested in. That's my choice. But then to say, I, I just hope it all dumps so all you guys get, you know, wiped out. I mean, that to me is, I, I don't understand that part of it. Uh, it's just weird. I, I don't know. It's just such a challenge to... I mean, they've, they've got where they've got by, you know, winning at this game, you know, at this system. They've done it well, you know, hats off. But now there's a new game in town and, uh, yeah, they're, they're just not willing to even give it one ounce of intelligence. And, I mean, even just not even just taking Bitcoin out of the equation, and I'm, you know, speaking for here in the U.S., just the disingenuous narrative that these, you know, like Jerome Powell and, you know, they they talk about how they care about income inequality and, yeah, we need to fix. And yet they're pumping all this, you know, people don't realize, okay, you're getting a stimulus check, but that stimulus check is just pumping up the stock market for, you know, people who are fortunate enough to have those assets and your money's getting debased. You're going to spend that twelve hundred. Are you any better for it now? Um, are you any closer to getting an education or, or you know, lifting yourself up? Um, probably not. No, you're further away. Yeah, and that's what people miss uh, because we're not tuned into it. We're we're not taught about it, um, and there's there's a perfectly good reason for that. Um, I want to ask you about, uh, you, you know, generation wars that get pushed in the narrative as well. That's always front and center of some newspaper somewhere. Oh, it's the Gen Z's fault. Oh, it's millennials fault. Oh, it's like, you no, know, no, blame the boomers. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's really bad actually in the UK. Um, they, they pull this card all the time and it's really shocking. Like Brexit was all blamed on the boomers. You know, oh, it was the grey vote and all of this kind of nonsense. So it's a classic tactic of just dividing everybody whenever we can. And now we have in this, you know, vaccine passport, vaccine, non-vaccine, vaccines available for only this set of people, vaccines not available for that set of people. We won't have that company's vaccine. All of it is designed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just designed to have us fighting between each other. What's it like over there? What, what, what are you seeing and, and how do you kind of, I mean, what's the message from, from, from your age group that you want to pass down to like uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's very similar here. Um, and, and my, 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 um, the way I see it, if the government can get us all to fight each other, then we're not going to wise up and, and realize what the real problem is, whether it be race, you know, or generational, or now we've got vaccine status. Um, and yeah, I mean, well, as far as the boomers go, yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a stereotype to put people in, in these classes. Um, and I will tell you one thing. Um, yeah, most boomers don't get Bitcoin, but I'll tell you, there's still a lot of Gen X and Gen Zers. I have young, uh, you know, like, uh, 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 nieces and nephews who they don't get it either so it, and now there's a more bigger proportion of younger that do get it but there are still a lot even the younger you know that the the adoption really has a way to go in all generations it's not just like it, okay it's all the boomers but as far as i mean what has i, I do think that the younger generations have, have have gotten screwed i really do i mean if you are Oh gosh, let's see. Um, I don't know if you're maybe 25 years old today. So you would have been maybe like 10 years old around the great financial crisis um, where maybe, you know, you see people losing their homes and yet nobody in the, nobody in wall street went to jail, you know, and, um, and the education system, I think, has become a racket. I mean, and I can tell you that um, I, I've I've kind of self-educated myself on Bitcoin. I and for you know for free for cost of electricity. I don't know where the electric. Maybe it's bad electricity. I don't know. That's the <laughs> but but you know. Um, and I think how about how much. Yeah, I mean, how much money these college, these universities are charging and you know i mean like what's his name rubini or rubili he's like some prof I, I wouldn't i wouldn't pay a dollar to have him teach my kid i'll tell you that so i think that's been kind of a big uh that's been a big um just money maker but and i you know it's kind of like well it doesn't matter what you know it's that you have that degree that you you got the password to the club basically you know, yeah. so, so I don't, I mean, I think they're, I, I feel like, yeah, I think if you're a boomer, you probably were fortunate. Now, some boomers didn't really, even, even though I think, even though a lot of boomers, we grew up in a, I, I think a better time as far as job prospects and so forth. A lot of boomers didn't, didn't use that to take care of themselves for the future. And now we have to take care of them. You know, a lot of, a lot of you know, there, most people probably couldn't retire if they wanted to. They, they, they haven't, you know, made plans for, you know, later in life. And that, that burden shifts to society. And of course the government now, I mean, the U S government's now like, well, who, anybody who's lost anything will take care of you. I, it's, I, I, I just wonder when they're going to, you know, well, when they have this, the, the central digit currency, that's going to be scary. You know, when you say, okay, I'm a protected class and uh, 
I I lost I lost a hundred dollars at the casino last night. Okay, well we'll give you we'll make it up to you. <laughs> here here's a hundred dollars. And but if you're not in the protected classes, here we're going to tax you five dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, it's strange times. And um, yeah, I don't know where. Um... Yeah, I that's don't why a Bitcoin, is. right? That <laughs> I I. I I, I honestly think, wow! If I if Bitcoin wasn't around, I my my attitude and my mood would would not would be probably a lot worse. I mean, honestly, I I think they say Bitcoin changes you, and and like I like I told you, I I kind of look at it like Bitcoin found me. It was kind of like to take a quote from Elon. It was inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the one who quoted that, right? In his yeah. The, the the we shall not speak that name again. <laughs> <laughs> Slay your heroes! Yeah. Everybody's learning that lesson very very quickly. Bit, on, uh, Bitcoin on many fronts. Bitcoin doesn't need Elon. Bitcoin doesn't need anybody. Honey Badger doesn't care, Ken. No, it just doesn't care. It just does what it's going to do, and it, it has no idea any of us even exist. It has no idea there's a dollar or a pound or a yen or anything. It's just do it. And and I mean, I we can't expect this transition to be smooth. I mean, I wasn't around when when the automobile was invented, but I don't think stagecoach uh, uh, business was happy to see see these automobiles and say, you know, oh, you can't have automobiles. We don't have roads for automobiles. Well, they built roads. I mean, when the internet came along, um, you know, I'm sure there there, there was. Well, of course, what, what did they first say about the Internet? It's it's all, you know, it, it, it's for criminals and pedophiles, right? So people are going to people have to are going to protect their interests. So it's all about incentives. And that's the other thing about risk management. You, you want to look at incentives, especially for a company. Well, what are the people's incentives? Are the incentives aligned? Are they paid more for doing, you know, something for the betterment of the overall business or are they just paid to just sell 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 and you know to to whatever end so yeah um there's there's definitely something to that and i tweeted out recently uh, you know almost everybody has good intention or good intentions almost nobody has good incentives and that's the world we live in today and if you look at people's incentive structures in corporations they are all about just chase the dollar, close the deal, make another 50 calls or whatever it is. If you're waiting you know, down to wait stuff, you know, like upsell that table on, you know, whatever, another bottle of wine, whatever it is, uh, you know, all the highest margin yeah. dessert today or the the, yeah. the the food that's about to spoil, upsell them on all of this kind of stuff. You know, the incentives are everything as we know. And <laughs> If, if you are incentivized by sound money, who wouldn't be, that you are able to easily access via an app on your phone, who wouldn't be, it's, it's you know, it's, it's that basic. It's going to go one way. Yeah. Well, and the, 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 that's kind of, you know, the way I see it as, as this evolves, as, as society evolves, technology evolves. Bitcoin will eventually find everybody and everybody buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. And I, I know I'm stealing that from somebody, 
it might have been, I don't know if it was Michael Saylor or someone, but I don't want to take credit for that. But I thought that was, that's the way I, I see it. You know, eventually everyone's going to have to capitulate <laughs> if they aren't already. If you don't end up buying it at some stage in the future, you'll end up earning it because that's just the way businesses will start to operate in the future. And that you are going to end up interacting and owning Bitcoin. So you may as well hurry up and, you know, beat the rest of the horses in the race. I mean, that's the way I see it in terms of, I think that's a very high probability. Again, I'm the, and, and of course the other thing is not, not investment advice, but yeah, I, I, I mean, could something else happen to derail it? Yeah, I guess it's possible, but, um, you know, they talk about, okay, it's a Ponzi scheme. How many Ponzi schemes have lasted, you know, for what, 11 years Bitcoin's been around now? It, that isn't a long time, but still, most of these, if it's a fad, a fad isn't going to get stronger for 12 years. A fad isn't going to make, isn't, isn't going to incentivize people to to build infrastructure and companies and I mean, it's paying for huge office buildings. Um, you, I mean, look at some of these these um, companies that are out there. You know, the exchanges and um, and now even yeah, now even Wall Street's getting involved because they have to, and they're going to profit from it too. You know, especially if they're charging, you know, they're going to charge a fee to the, some boomer who who you know if he just talks to his his, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the high school neighbor could probably fix him up with a wallet and buy it himself. But, you know, they're going to go through Wall Street. So the financialization aspect is going very um, misunderstood as well. And it's um, there's a great book by Nick Bhatia called Layered Money. And he explains the legacy financial system and how the Bitcoin system is going to mirror that and we're already seeing it right we have the base layer now we have lightning now we have liquid uh we, we have we're gonna have uh, what well, we already have derivatives we have so many companies uh that you can dca with so many exchanges kraken are starting a bank a bitcoin bank so is caitlin in in uh, wyoming i mean the, the infrastructure around it is huge and it's only going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and more global and every new thing that comes in just adds a little bit of decentralization to like, uh, you know, if it's not running your own node, but you are now decentralizing and financialization of Bitcoin is with every new layer, that's a layer of protection to the base layer. But don't you think it's going to eventually eat up all the legacy? I mean, you, it kind of reminds me of like when the internet, at first it was, let's try to make the internet fit with AT, you know, the phone system. But then the internet essentially ate up the phone system, right? I mean, don't you, I, I kind of see that. I mean, you look at some of these like banks, like um, here, like, uh, you know, while JP Morgan and, and Morgan Stanley, they're getting involved, but they're not, they don't have the capability of, of doing it themselves. So they have to farm it out third party to like NYDIG or I think, you know, or, or these other firms that either, you know, custody or, or have those rails. So you know, they can't really evolve themselves. They have to either, you know, partner with someone or per perhaps purchase. But ultimately, it, 
I could see it eventually getting eaten up. Now I don't know how long that's going to take, but I I was thinking about this the other day, and you know it 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 all depends on how broken is the trust and the sentiment between Joe Public and their high street banks and their 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 big kind of five names, you know, and are we on the verge of a a huge rise in private banking services again, because there's way more banks out there than any of us even realize, you know, there's, there's lots of private banks out there. And if they get wind of what's going on and they can start offering very interesting private banking services to the boomer generation be a perfect generation because they have wealth and they are very comfortable with that personal touch, that white glove service, the, the thought of there being a brick and mortar private banking service that's looking after their best interests that might even be happy to custody, uh, like a, do a multi-sig kind of arrangement with them. You know, the kind of thing that Unchained are doing, but Unchained are very cool and, you know, young and startup-y. And um, I'm thinking there's there's a place, there's a role to play for this kind of service and a, com- a country like Switzerland would be the perfect place for for these kinds of companies to start existing and uh, you know offering their services. So we could see, but the, you know the, the main street banks, they've got to wake up. Otherwise, they're just I, I can't see how they're going to end up holding that that client base because yeah. if if you are a high net worth individual and you call up your broker at JP Morgan and you say, buy me some Bitcoin and he just can't. You're like, well, okay. Well, you're worthless. Yes. Oh no, 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 it's fine. I can buy you some micro strategy or I can buy you some GPTC. No, I want the Bitcoin. I, I want the actual, Oh no, well I can't do that. So they're going to have to, I think they, they're almost there, but it's, it's an interesting one, especially if the CDCs do come around uh, well, when they do, because I think it's a when, not an if. And central banks that can just push the money straight to your phone, your UBI straight to your phone, that cuts out the middleman. The bank's whole business model yeah. is destroyed. Oh, yeah, definitely. So they, they should really partner up with Bitcoin as much as they could. But um, you know what bothers me? I hear this comparison about central digital currency, like digital currency and Bitcoin. I don't like the word digital that i mean we already kind of have that and the thought that well well okay they're going to have central digital currency it's going to replace bitcoin or other so no that's the whole point of bitcoin is it's sound money and i don't know i i don't know if you know mainstream media if they just play dumb or they have a mandate of what they can admit to um I just, uh, especially here, I said, I mean, I could honestly do a better job of explaining Bitcoin than they can. And if, if you, you know, to me, it's if you have a news service and you have people on there who don't even understand the asset, well, what good are they? You know, they're asking the questions. They should be, people tune in to get answers. Of course, they have, you know, they have to bring in, X, you know, like, like pomp or, you know, folks like that to, to try to explain it, but they give them like, they'll give them like a one minute segment. I mean, you know, if someone says, Hey, you know, what's this Bitcoin about? I got it one minute. I say, I, sorry, I, 
you, you really want to know we're going to need a lot more time than that. Yeah, it's crazy. And if any of the journalists that are writing about it at the, the main papers, if they understood it, if they'd done the research, they'd be writing bullish articles. But of course, that doesn't sell. That's not the clickbait. It's got to be negative. So they, and they're probably given a title half the time, you know, by their editor. It's like, right, I need a, I need, a, especially after today's events or last night's events, right, I need front page tomorrow, Bitcoin's bad for the environment article. Who's got one of those? And they'll just, they'll just pull one up and they'll just rejig it about a little bit, rewrite it from different sources and bang, it's on the editor's desk. It's just shocking the level of integrity and, 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 and all yeah. of media. Well, it's almost like they just, they, they make the assumption that most of the public is stupid. Whereas I think the public would even be, would be much more interested in a piece that's, you know, that we see on Twitter about, okay, why was, why do you think he's doing this? And. There's all kinds of conspiracy, you know, well, you know, of course he wants the price to drop or, or, you know, he's, he's trying to actually bring out the issue. He kind of wants his, he, he wants his, you know, someone like Nick Carter to come in and attack it so that that gets exposure. So he's kind of like, or, or he's just trying to appease the government, you know, who subsidizes Tesla or SpaceX, um, uh, my, I had a thought that first of all, who would buy a car with Bitcoin? I'm not, I'm not selling my. So I'm wondering if it's, you know, their experience since he announced that they they realized it was a terrible marketing idea. It wasn't going to go anywhere, and this is the way to back out of it. I, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> and uh, who cares? Because Bitcoin yeah. doesn't. <laughs> mm. All right, Kenny. No. Well, yeah. if you had one orange pill left to give to someone, oh. who would you give it to and why? Yeah. See, I should have seen this coming because I know you asked that every – and I, and I would um, – well, see, here's where I think it's tricky because I could say, you know, Jerome Powell or something, but I, I think they kind of understand it. But, um, okay, who would I give it to? Oh gosh. I oh um I would probably yeah, I guess I would say um boy that's tough. I I, I would probably I'll just say Jerome Powell. Let's let's pretend he's ignorant and he really believes that Bitcoin is just this speculative bubble and if we, if we, you know, he, he's really is clueless. I don't know how he got his job, but, and that what's going to happen is we orange pill him and he, he goes on and says, get into Bitcoin now. <laughs> sorry. Or, I'm sorry for the long, long winded answer. Or the next round of UBI is just uh, Bitcoin straight to people's wallets. Uh, well, you ever wonder about, I mean, you think about it. Uh, if they they could print all this money, why not buy some Bitcoin? the The U.S. government actually has seized Bitcoin in the past, and they're instead of holding it, they auction it off, which is stupid. Um, and I, actually, I saw someone oh, so the, someone had a tweet. Uh, he was a troll, and he said, "Well, hey, the the government could just just print a trillion dollars and buy all the Bitcoin." 
Well, he's not getting mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. I think there's a lot of strong hands out there that uh, are more than willing to um, go down with the ship if, if it's, if it's ever necessary, which like we were talking about earlier, you know, validation and conviction is very high, even on days where, um, I mean, as we've been talking, it's, dropped down to 47 and change um so people are getting shaken out uh, so I've, I've been stacking I, I i i never thought i would see where i could buy under 50 again but it's not and that's a stark warning to anybody that's on these exchanges and trying to use leverage yeah to stack just stop doing that please yeah 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 i in my risk management i decided not to do that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's advice from a risk manager don't buy right. on leverage on margin whatever you want to call it just buy what you can afford dollar cost average play it easy play it safe and just stack kenny it's been great to have you on man i really appreciate um you taking the time and uh, and sharing your story and insights uh is there anything we didn't want to we didn't touch on that you want to uh, kind of get off your chest or mention before we close this one down yeah, I don't know. I think we covered it all. I think you gave me a good opportunity to to, to share my thoughts. So yeah, I can't think of anything. Well, let's if if, sure. if I do, if I do, I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> of course, but make sure for anybody listening in Chicago that might want to reach out and uh, connect with you. How how do they find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter. So it's uh, my Twitter is uh, at uh, klc. A-C-T-U. So it's K-L-C Act U, which don't ask, don't ask why I came up with that name. But I, I don't know if they, and of course my name there is Bitcoin Kenny Boy. I suppose you could just search Bitcoin Kenny Boy. I don't think there's any others. Yeah, feel free, I, I'm happy to, to, to make more friends. Excellent, and, man. Or, or enemies if, if someone wants to attack me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chicago S heads might be all over you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's why we have a. That's why we have the mute function. I don't block people. I might mute them. But I don't, but... <laughs> all right, Kenny. Have a great one, man. Thanks for coming. It was. On. It was awesome. Thank you very much, Daniel. Cheers, brother. Bye all right. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Kenny Boy, for coming on the show and sharing all of your insights and your life stories, and it's great to hear from a corporate risk manager in this space. This is something he does professionally, day in, day out, has built his whole career around it. Now he's stacking sats because he's done the risk analysis and he sees what this is. And you heard him at the end there. Please don't leverage yourself up. Don't use margins on the exchanges. If you're buying through an exchange, just buy what you can afford and sweep it straight off. Otherwise, use the DCA apps, the dollar cost average apps, or the euro cost average, or the pound cost average, yen, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. Just buy very slowly and, you know, just hodl. There's no great, big, mysterious, magical, financial wizardry going on here. Just buy each week and hold on to it. Make sure you take control and you know who you can do that with. 
Bitbox02, hardware only wallet, shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. And you know where you can stack. In the UK, it's coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. In the US, it's swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. And across Europe, it's relay, R E L A I dot C H forward slash bitten. See you on the next show.